Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is trade deadline season, folks, and that means that there is a lot of uh, moving parts out there. We've got a lot of players potentially being swapped to brand new contenders. And over the past week or so, we have explored a number of positions. On tonight's show, we're going to be diving into some wingers and maybe even getting into some defensemen that might be on the trade deadline market. Stay tuned for this jam-packed episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, friends. Thank you for tuning into Locked On Jets this evening. Just want to say thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, over the past week or so, you know, we've been talking about the trade deadline and some of the top players who are going to be available on the market. Uh, we've gone through a number of right-wingers. Um, some guys have actually had multiple positions, you know. They can play either right or left. A few have even been capable of playing center. I mean, Andrew Kopp is definitely one of those guys. Uh, but now we're going to take a look at a couple of other wingers and then some defenders who might be available. This is going by ESPN's trade deadline trade bait article. But there were one or two names that have come available over the past week or so that uh, didn't get included on this list initially. Not sure if they're there now, but certainly these names are among the most coveted. And honestly, you know, I don't even know how you would call them trade deadline bait because some of these players, they are the kind that you really just don't see come up for trade very often. Now, the first name that I think has really caught people off guard is left winger Philip Forsberg. Forsberg wasn't really supposed to be on the trade market, I don't think. Uh, Nashville has kind of been, I don't know, underwhelming, I guess. The Preds, for me, have been a long time coming in a a steady decline. I I think that this team, several years ago, when they were first uh, really exciting and really interesting to people, I kind of watched them and I just felt like, despite all the hype, despite the excitement, I saw that their decline was going to be really quick. You know, you have a very old veteran core, um, and the way that they played, which was generating a ton of offense from your blue line, for me it didn't really do enough to paper over the lack of scoring depth up front. And that's kind of been a consistent issue with Nashville. Um, They just don't really have a lot of elite forwards. And so the fact that they're now starting to talk about trading Philip Forsberg, uh, you know, for me says that they basically are ready for a rebuild. If you're getting rid of Forsberg, uh, maybe one of your top two scorers at times, the top scorer compared to, you know, the rest of the roster, I just don't really see how that's not signaling your intention to start the rebuild. I think that is basically what the Preds are doing here. And if Forrest Berg is on the market, he will be one of the most coveted players out there. You have an elite sniper with incredible vision, great edge work, um, a monster release, effective at all situations, one of the top goal scorers out there in terms of natural uh, shooting talent and skill. And yeah, I mean, he's got some contract term, I believe. And, you know, he is one of the most effective attackers out there. He's consistently in Nashville's first or second place for scoring every year. So 
you're getting a guy who, despite playing on a team that is frankly anemic for goal scoring, has been a monster every year. I don't even want to think about the kind of trade package you could get for him. Now, maybe because the Preds are sort of the ones indicating they want to sell, maybe they have slightly less leverage. Maybe teams are going to try and wait it out. But in my mind, I think that Forsberg is worth a King's Ransom, and he absolutely will get that whenever he gets moved. One of the other trade deadline guys is a name that is getting floated around a little bit, uh, but I don't know if he's really popular or really seen as the kind of acquisition teams are looking for. In my mind, you know, Riley Smith for me, he would be one of my favorite rental options. I know that, you know, his points production might look a little modest at this age, and I, I think, you know, 30 years of age, you're kind of looking at the downswing of his career. But the thing with him is that he's been so effective even into, you know, the, the latter stages of his career. Um, Smith, I just feel, is super underrated. He's got a natural understanding of space. He knows how to attack space, and he's got a great shot. Now, he doesn't have, like, an elite, elite set of tools that somebody like Forsberg does, but I think what Riley instead compensates for is having really good intelligence on the ice and knowing what his strengths and weaknesses are and how to make the most of them. I, I think that he's just a really well-balanced attacker. I think he could slide into just about any top six out there, and whether you're looking for a power play boost or somebody who can really help you at 5v5, it's really hard to look at Smith and not think, this guy is worth every penny. The thing with Vegas is that it's a little bit hard to figure out what their plan is. My guess is, you know, Smith would be on the outs, and I think it would make a lot of sense for them to move him to another team because Vegas is on the precipice of missing the playoffs, which I know might be shocking to a lot of folks, but, you know, the start of the season and their kind of uneven form over the past several months, it's not exactly been a fairy tale season for them. They've had a really good run over the past couple of seasons, but I think this year they're starting to see maybe the first of uh, the real declining returns on this roster and the strategy of how they've been building this team. But they were also without Jack Eichel for almost half of it. So it's really hard to rate where this team is. And of course, Mark Stone is still on injured reserve. So this team obviously has some very clear issues, but when you've lost a number of, of top-end players to injury, and you're kind of waiting for them to return, it's a little bit hard to get too, too mad about the fact that they are kind of sitting almost on the outs of the postseason and probably should be considered more of a seller than a buyer. Smith, for me, though, if they let him go, and it would make sense if they do, I, I think almost any contender who can bring on his cap hit for whatever is remaining, they'll absolutely go for it. I mean, he really is a super skilled player. Maybe he, like, goes back to Boston or something. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be really difficult for teams to do it without a lot of retained salary. Um, and even with the limited amount of regular season games left, it's still a pretty decent chunk of a cap hit. So I, I could see a number of teams being really interested. Maybe he even goes back to the Florida Panthers. That'd be super interesting and a really funny full circle kind of deal. But, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of bidders, I would say. I think that he's probably one of the top free agent rentals. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for a really savvy veteran, you cannot go wrong with Riley Smith. Now, we've mostly talked about players who are expiring, you know, save for like Forsberg and maybe one or two other players. But there are quite a few guys with contract term that might be on the trade block. And we'll talk about which players make the most sense for, you know, a really good contender and why they might be the perfect fit for those teams chasing the Stanley Cup. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs. 
Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, don't forget to make Locked On Now your second listen. It features nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite media, and you'll always stay up to date on the latest happenings in the entire NHL. We keep you locked on all the greatest hockey action. We are getting back now to our thoughts on the trade deadline fodder, and now we're going to talk about some forwards who actually have term, uh, a couple of years on their deals, some maybe signed for a bit longer, but maybe on a squad that's frankly not contending. Um, And one of the big ones that's been tossed out there is center JT Miller. Now, JT, you know, he is a very interesting player. Uh, He doesn't have a lot of term left, I believe, about one year after this. And considering he signed for a little under five and a half million and remains honestly one of Vancouver's most effective goal scorers, I really feel like Miller is an elite top six talent that can be used in just about all situations. Um, JT may not be like the most high-end play driver, and he's probably not on the level of like, I don't know, a Philip Forsberg or something, but you know, he's just a points machine. And I think if you're looking for a great value top six scorer who can fit in on almost any line, no matter what you need of him, uh, you know, JT presents a super valuable, very cost-effective option. I feel like his contract is a bargain for what you're paying for. And if you get him for this postseason and next season, I mean, I, I really don't see how you could go wrong. Defensively, you know, his game isn't like super robust. I do think that he has a couple of blemishes here and there, but it's really hard to be upset when you've got a guy who's got 51 points in 49 games. And, you know, obviously points are certainly not the be all end all, but JT is so offensively productive for Vancouver and creates so many dangerous chances that, you know, whatever his defensive issues might be, I tend to think his offensive side of his game really overwhelms it by a pretty significant degree. So if you're looking for a fantastic value top six center, JT is going to be sitting there and he'll probably be one of the top names on the market and somehow end up in Tampa Bay because that's just what they do. Now, another name that kind of caught my eye that's on this list is Brendan Gallagher. And Gallagher's got several years left on his deal, signed at six and a half million, and he's 29 years of age, right? So Gallagher, not super young, but he's been one of the heartbeats of Montreal for many seasons. And I just don't really see him moving. You know, I, I think that There could be an option for him to maybe go to another team, but I kind of feel like when you're on this sort of contract that frankly takes you until you're much later in your your 30s and you're very comfortable in Montreal, you're super happy to be a a hab, you know, I, I just feel like there's not really much incentive to move right now, especially if Montreal is willing to start turning things around very quickly. Now, 
if he feels like this team isn't really competitive and he actually wants to go somewhere where he thinks he can win, I could see him pushing for a move out of this team. But I get the sense that he is pretty happy and I I do feel like he will be um, fairly reticent to jettison all of his connections. But if it if it comes to it, you know, I, I do think that a couple of teams out there would be interested. Montreal probably would have to retain salary, but if you get him for like, I don't know, five million or even four and a half or something, and you pay through the nose, I think you're probably going to be pretty happy with Gallagher's production. He's an awesome, awesome top six forward. He plays with a lot of heart. He's got that edge to his game. He's super skilled, and he's an absolute menace against goalies. So, you know, ticks off all the right boxes for what most NHL GMs are probably looking for to boost their top six. After that, there's a guy on this list that probably looks very similar to Kyle Connor when you dig into the numbers. Uh, and Travis Konechny, this guy, you know, he's a very interesting scorer. I think Konechny has a couple of clear issues with his two-way game and, you know, his defensive awareness, it's not great. But that's not really what you're signing him for. Uh, if you if you want, like, really fun, dynamic offense, a guy who can cycle the puck quickly, has a great shot, excellent spatial awareness, and knows how to attack the slot with consistency, Konechny is one of the most skilled wingers at doing it. And I I really think that Travis, on his current contract, is pretty okay value. I know that his production this year kind of, it dropped off pretty significantly, but, you know, that's that's partly because Philadelphia itself is really rough right now, and I think Konechny is probably more a symptom of that than it is, you know, one of the root causes. So, If you can really find a way for him to get to another team like, say, the Jets, uh, you know, I I would be very happy with getting a look at Travis and seeing what he can do. I think that in his game, there's a lot of ferocity, especially in the forecheck and along the walls. I think that he's very much a a guy who'll like to mix it up in front of the net. And he's also got all of these really offensive tool sets that can make him an absolute pest and somebody who's going to be racking up like 60 to 70 points if he gets the right line mates and deployments. I I think that there is a really good top sixer there and somebody you can absolutely rely on to boost your top six uh, at even strength or even on the power play. I mean, connect me again. You're not bringing in like this two-way defensive stalwart, but if you want electric offense, yeah, I think Travis will fit that bill and I think he'll do it tidily. There are a handful of other forwards that we haven't talked about, but I'm kind of planning on saving them for a rainy day. These guys are kind of longer-term punts. You're not really looking for elite production here, but maybe if you take a gamble on one of these two or, or three guys, you might find a real hidden gem. And we'll talk about what those guys might bring again on a future episode, maybe when the Jets aren't playing. For now, though, it is time to turn our attention to the blue line because, you know, everyone loves a good defender on a value contract. And this season, there's not a lot of guys that I would be super interested in trading for if I was a contender. But a few names on here, yeah, you might really consider it. Before we check in, though, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com should be your first choice for all of your auto part needs. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. 
If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on the available free agent defenders who might be prime trade deadline bait. I'm going to be blunt, this list is not super exciting, but there are some names that are going to be pretty expensive for teams, and they may not really be worth what they're uh, going to fetch on the market, but hey, you know, teams are going to knock themselves out. I don't really care about watching teams uh, waste assets. It's actually more for my own amusement, but one of the top names that is going to be out there is Ben Sherratt. Now, we all got to see Sherratt for many years with the Jets. And if you ask me, he's like an okay third pairing guy, but anything more than that, you're really asking a lot of him. He had a brief renaissance under Claude Julien, but I think Sherratt's main game has always been very meat and potatoes. As long as you keep his, uh, you know, aggression very simple, you kind of direct him in one specific area and you keep his game to like... I don't know, the basics with what you ask him to do. Sherratt can be an effective attacking blue liner, but beyond that, I I don't really see much more in his game that makes him, you know, somebody who would be super desirable. But because of his size, because of his physicality, and uh, some of his recent track record, I think some team is going to pay like a second or a first rounder plus for him. So, you know, he will be one of the highest uh, highest trade bait D out there. And because of his points production in previous years, I could definitely see him being very in demand. A guy who might also get a look is Calvin DeHaan. I don't know where DeHaan's career is at this point, because last I recall when he was in, I think it was the Islander system, wasn't really having the best of runs of form. And I don't really know if that's changed a lot. But if you're looking for a veteran blue liner who might be uh, relatively affordable in terms of trading, you know, a, a round pick or something like a late round pick, maybe DeHaan is the kind of guy that you could bring in. Not really in love with this game, but you never know. He could be somebody who maybe anchors your third pairing. One of the other surprisingly big names on the market, though, is going to be Mark Giordano. And Giordano is definitely on the uh, the older spectrum, but he's still very effective at what he does. One of the more uh, elite older D. He's got a huge physical frame, a great shot, excellent vision and passing, great spatial awareness, and he just has such a profound impact on the ice when he's, you know, really in, in like a good quality top four. Um, I don't think his puck moving ability is what it was a couple of years ago, but he's still pretty darn effective. And if you get him on the right team that he doesn't have a trade restriction for, I think you'd be pretty happy with what, you, what you're getting with him. He won't be cheap, though, and that I think is going to scare off at least a few teams. Uh, Now, the last guy that we're going to talk about on this episode is a guy that I'm personally uh, a huge fan of, and that is Hampus Lindholm. I know that Lindholm might not be the sexiest name, but if you're looking for a really good two-way defender, somebody who has been one of uh, Anaheim's top D for many years, uh, you know, Hampus is definitely still a super effective player. He's got a great offensive side to his game. Um, His defensive side is maybe not nearly as elite as it used to be, but I, I, I do think that 
he is still very effective and can bring a lot to a team, especially in transition. He is on this trade bait list, but it's not all that likely that he's actually going to be trading. I, I, I do think that he'll stay with the Ducks. I would expect him to sign a longer-term contract, and I can't really see uh, Lindholm really departing. But if he were to get traded away, you know, maybe they come back in free agency? I don't really know. Um, but I, I would imagine his name on the market would be one of the hottest commodities, and any team that does actually trade for him will be pressing very heavily to re-sign him in the offseason. Now, for tonight's episode, these are the names that we're going to stop here with. Obviously, there are still more defenders and goalies to talk about, as well as a few other forwards that will probably become available over the next couple of weeks, and we'll keep you updated on which trade bait might be the most impactful and which ones could actually have impacts on the Jets. But for tonight's episode, like I said, that is actually going to be all the time that we have. We'll have coverage from Jets games throughout this week, so stay tuned for all of that, as well as additional trade deadline coverage as we start getting closer. Before you sign off for tonight, though, I just wanted to say thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodon and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!